Hey there, thanks for joining us for the latest podcast from Resound Church. We really believe that together we are better, and our heart is to reach, send, nurture, and disciple people as they become all that God has intended them to be. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or head over to our website, resound.church forward slash app, to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Well, hey, good morning, church. It's great to be with you again, and we're really excited today to be uh, spending some time with our good friends, Pat and Sean Fitzgerald, all the way from Ireland. Technology has taught us over the last 12 months how to do Zoom, how to do all these things, and whether you're watching us online today or whether you're in the room, we know that you're going to be blessed. And we're just continuing our series on Consider This. And we want to really look at a whole bunch of topics and things that are going on in our world at the moment. And so today's topic is, it's bigger than us. And we really want to focus and look at a worldview of of where are things at beyond Melbourne, you know. A couple of months ago, we were in lockdown like the guys in Ireland are now. And uh, we've come through that, but there's a whole bunch of stuff going on across the world. And so um, we're looking forward to hearing from them. So Pat and Sean, welcome. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Absolutely. Lovely to see you all. Super. (laughs) Awesome. It's so great to have you guys. We so wish it was in person and hopefully it won't be too many more years before we can see you guys back in person. Um, Some of our church are going to know you because they would have seen you when you were here with us previously over the last couple of years. But for those that don't know you, it'd be really great if you could introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about your family. (laughs) Well, obviously I'm Shan. This is Pat. And we pastor the church here in Dublin, and we have three daughters. Three daughters. Been in lockdown for a while with three daughters. Hasn't been an easy road. No, absolutely. But um, we have three daughters. The eldest is 20, the middle one is 17, and our youngest is 12. And we have two puppies, two dogs. Two dogs. (laughs) But we're super busy, yeah, and we work here in Dublin in the church. Yeah, I'm Pat, just just, just in case you don't know. Yeah, and uh, I've got three daughters as well. (laughs) And one wife. Yeah, lucky boy. (laughs) So, yeah, so we've been, been pastoring here for 22 years now. Yeah, 22 years. So in Dublin, yeah. Awesome. That's awesome. So uh, obviously this year has been crazy and you guys are still in lockdown there at the moment and about to come out of the 5K radius lockdown. Is that right? How's things been going for you guys right now? Um, it's, it's, I think now it's much harder than it was at the beginning. Mm. I think people are beginning to really feel it now at this point. Mm. So we're beginning to... Um, ease the restrictions but not not usually very small mm. so we gone from 5k to 20k <laughs> so uh i think people are pretty fed up i, yeah. I think people are, are are worn out i think i think things need to really change i think for people because i think the issue of mental health and all those other yeah, areas that are not really addressed or talked about are having a huge impact on people's lives yeah i think the government have been re- reluctant to ease restrictions because our numbers are still quite bad but um, I think, like Pat said, that they're beginning to realise there's a lot of problems under the water here. People are really beginning to struggle. I think, you know, initially there was a lot of camaraderie. Everybody was like, we're in it together. We're going to work through this. We're going to get yeah. through this. We're going to make the best of it. And, you know, and in fairness, people did really make did, the best yeah. of it and worked so hard. We worked so hard as a country and we saw great results for that. It was fantastic initially. But I think coming to the end of last year with the new variants of covid They've had a massive impact and it's very hard to fight those because they're so rapidly spreading. I mean, initially, the problem with COVID was how fast it spread. 
And then you get a variant that spreads 70% faster or something, you know, it's just 90% now on one of them. So, yeah, so we've really been in a battle, I think. And I think, you know, what's really happening is battle fatigue. I think people are getting weary. So that's what we've been seeing since Christmas. The mood is much heavier. The mood is much you know, much darker. People are really beginning to struggle now. If we weren't struggling before, people are struggling now. No, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's why they're beginning to just, they're trying to lift what they can and still keep us safe. So it's a challenge for our government, definitely. Yeah. So how long since you guys have been in services? I think it was July. July last last July, we were last in service. So they let us out for, I think it was only about five, six weeks maximum. maximum yeah. We managed to have services. Um, and there was challenges with that. Obviously, I'm sure you're familiar with all that. The, the social distancing, the masks, uh, 50 to service. So uh, we did all that for about five or six weeks. And then we were locked back up again. So we were back to online. Yeah, well. wow. So we'd love you to just take us back March 2020. Um, you know, everything was normal. We were in service in church one week and life was going on. And then all of a sudden, COVID and lockdowns and pretty much the world was locked down over the course of a week. Um, just talk us through what were you guys feeling, thinking um, at that time? Well, I think we, uh, our T-Shock at, the, at that point was thinking this was only going to last for two weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. So I think everybody was okay at that point. Mm. But then when they started to see it wasn't three weeks and it's going to be months and years, I think everybody then began to realize that this is not going to work fast. So I think for us personally, I think we were all okay at the beginning, but then all of a sudden mm. the, the reality of what was what was taking place and what we would have to endure was, mm. was a whole different ballgame. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think initially, I mean, it was serious, but I don't think... I, well, for me personally, going through my mind was this will pass. We've had yeah. things. This can't be real. You know, I suppose it was a bit of disbelief, really. You know, when it began to unfold, I was actually in America when it happened. And my my middle daughter, Rianne, was over there doing um, an internship. And she was going to be there until May, I think. And I was over visiting her and I was sort of going, this isn't real. And then, you know, President Trump closed the borders and it began to sort of, I remember just sitting there going, like pinching myself going, is this actually happening? You but, know, it just. But in that, we were given a prophetic word about six weeks before COVID. Yeah. That now I realize what God was saying. Do you remember that word? I do. We were given a word and the Lord said, there's something happening and it's about to break forth on the earth. And he said, right now, beneath your feet, there is movement. And he said, there is like a bubbling beneath your feet. Mm. And he said, but any moment now, the earth is about to crack and it will be visible. And obviously at the time, we, we, we didn't really realize, but as soon as COVID hit, then we realized. And, and a few weeks into it, somebody said, do you remember that prophetic moment? We like, oh my goodness, yes. And, and I think initially, as I say, I think there was a lot of disbelief. And mm-hmm. for me personally, anyway, I really didn't think it was going to be major. No. When they closed the schools, I was like a couple of weeks, you know, it's like a snow day. I mean, you probably don't get them. But no, we we for, everyone, for everyone here that doesn't understand, what's a snow day? Yeah. Explain a snow day. Okay, well, snow days are the best days. They're the days that you get out of bed and you get dressed for school and you open the curtains and you go, we're not going anywhere because we're snowed in and they shut the schools and it's fantastic. Yeah. And sometimes it goes on for a couple of weeks, very rarely in Ireland, but occasionally. So it was a bit of that sort of vibe. Everybody was a bit sort of, oh, this is amazing. And but there was a little bit of panic. And yeah. I remember, you know, calling Pat because I was in America going, you know, you need to go to the shops. You need to get some food in because we really didn't know. There was so much uncertainty because they were locking us up and closing us down. We didn't know that the supermarkets would be open. I mean, there was those ridiculous thoughts in your head. Like, are we going to be completely locked up with no access to anything? 
So, and then on the other hand, this is nothing. So it was all of these sort of yo-yoing yeah. emotions. But um, I think, I, I will be honest, the first night that the Taoiseach here got up and made a public, you know, 15-minute announcement and spoke to us, you know, I still get emotional. I sat and cried. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I couldn't believe what was happening to our country and to our race. You know, I just couldn't believe the reality hit me. I remember switching off the TV and I just sat, the two of us just sat there and I just cried. And I just, this is just unbelievable. It's just so unbelievable. It was so shaking, you know, deep within. Mm. But um, I didn't think we'd be sitting here a year later. More. Yeah, over a year now. I, I, I had no idea that that's what would happen. No. I don't think any of us did, really. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the reality of, of COVID is something, you know, you're talking about the spread and how quickly these different variants are spreading, um, which has been a whole heap of the reasons that you guys have been locked down. Um, you know, here in Australia, we were very blessed that our numbers have been so small. Can You know, can compared to so many other areas in the world. Um, have there been people in your church that have contracted COVID? Um, yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we've had about three or four people that have had COVID and uh, one or two of them had a pretty serious. Johnny, Johnny our worship leader, he had it. Mm. And Sam, uh, Shifford's husband, he had it. So Sam works in, in a hospital and he, he got it in the hospital. And so I think he had to be isolated for two weeks and uh, mm. it was pretty, uh, it shook us Don't all, really, you know yeah. what I mean? Because I, I would ring him, I, you know, I could call him, and he, he kept saying his breathing was really, mm. really shallow. Mm. And uh, at one point, he was very nervous and very, very worried that would he come over. And mm. then Johnny got it. And Johnny just said that the coughing was absolutely mm, they were really sick. relentless. Mm. Mm. He said nonstop, 24 hours a day. And his mum's a nurse. And uh, he was just—he just said—he just, said, just said to me these words: "That you don't want to get this. No, this is horrific. It was harsh. In the first wave, we didn't have so many as Pat says. Sam was the first one that got yeah. it, and I think because it, of, it was a whole new thing, COVID, and yeah. we were just there was so much scaremongering, and there was so many different stories going on. I just remember when we were praying for him, I just used to feel so much for him because, you know, I think one of the things about COVID is the isolation. Yeah, and I think you know. Sam was there at the house and his own wife and children couldn't be with him. He wasn't. And then I kept thinking, I know this is me all over a bit dramatic, but I kept thinking, you know, you know, you close the bedroom door and you go to sleep at night. It's just you and COVID. And, you know, it's quite a real enemy when it's it's one on one like that. And I think that's really what has struck me about the people I know that have, have had COVID is the one on one and the isolation that it brings about. You know, it just you, you really can't my mom had the, the vaccination you know, on her second vaccination she was really sick with all the symptoms and the first thing she said to me she said my goodness how how awful it must be for people to die with this mm. because it, it's really you feel so sick and then to have people just masked and gowned and all the pictures that we're mm. seeing so we've had a few people in the church quite a few especially since um I'd say since September we've seen a lot more obviously with the new variants that are there yeah. um and most have most have been fine you know we've had neighbors and things we have seen people die mm-hmm. with it um and you know there's a lot of really sad stories and it's heartbreaking yeah when you hear how people have been separated and you know and, and children you know people going into hospital people can't go with them and mm-hmm. all this kind of thing it's really very challenging really. like my mom was in hospital and uh, she passed away just before christmas and we weren't we couldn't see her for yeah, that's the hard 14 thing. weeks and then yeah. we just got a phone call that she passed Mm, so very that's harsh. the hard part of COVID, mm. where there's no, you can't go and see anybody. It doesn't matter. That's it. Mm. That's the way it works. Yeah. So how have you guys been able to 
um, for friends, family and people in the church, how have you been able to care for them? What have you been able to do and how's that looked for you? Well, <laughs> I think we made a decision very yeah. early on. At the very, very beginning, we sat down probably the day after that speech that I was talking about earlier yeah. and made some really firm decisions that we were going to work really hard and be really creative to reach out. From day one, we sort of instilled a vision in the people, if you like, to just keep reaching out to doing what, instead of focusing on what we couldn't do, focusing on what we could do. Yeah. And there was a whole lot of things we could do. Some of them we hadn't been doing for a long time, like writing letters, cards, and all these kind of things. And, you know, we did so many different things. And we particularly, we have a lot of frontliners in our church, a lot of medical staff, a lot of nursing staff. So we particularly wanted to reach out. And so we've been doing a lot of, I sit, I take one day a week nearly in the office and I sit and I write letters. I sit and I write cards. And I've been doing that from day one. And when we get the word for today, I don't know if you get that there, the word for today from UCB. I post them. I post them personally to everybody just with a little note, quick note, even a post-it note to say praying for you thinking of me. So it's been very much that kind of thing. When we were a little bit freer, we were able to deliver stuff. We've had lots of things like baking delivered and all this kind of thing. Really trying to maintain community. And we have done it. Yeah. And I have to say we've been really We have been relentless with it. Yeah. It's been challenging at times. We came with a lot of creative ideas, like we were dropping off packages to houses. Uh, the Sunday school, uh, um, the person that runs the Sunday school was sending packages to all the Sunday mm. school kids. The youth uh, leaders were sending pizzas mm. on a Sunday <laughs> to all the youth. So we were constantly, not every Sunday, but I went not the fire off every Sunday. So, the healthiest church in uh, the world. So we were, we were constantly, and then Sean came up with this idea as we got a New Year awards release. So we came up with the idea that we started using Amazon. Trying to start using, oh, yeah. using Amazon, sending you passion can. translations <laughs> to people and yeah. sending cars to people, sending books to people. Mm. And what happened was then the whole church got behind it's great. it. great. Yeah, it's amazing. So people were sending books to different people and cards and letters. And, yeah. and we were even doing people that don't come to our church. Yeah. We started to do that. People in the neighborhood. People, in the neighborhood. people abroad. You know, we, yeah. we know a lady in America, a professor from college is on her own. We just send her things. But we just, I think the key was not so much all the things we did. The key was the commitment to it. Yeah. We decided very early on, this could be a long haul, it could be a short haul, but for whatever it is, we are who we are and the circumstances won't alter the vision mm-hmm. or, or the purpose. But it made us realise one key thing, and I'll share this with you, was that we realised that we were basically calling church church on a Sunday mm-hmm. in a building. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what we realised was that is not church anymore no. for us. That's yeah. right. And we will never go back to that. No, that's right. So we came up, Shan came up with a mission statement, uh, people church more than a Sunday. And I mean, it came very relevant to us. <laughs> that we realised Monday to Sunday was church. And so therefore we began to, so I think we, our church culture has completely changed. Yeah. And I don't think we'll ever go back to the way no. it was, ever. No. No. Because we realised that church is, is sending packages, mm. reaching out, mm. helping the community, all that stuff. So I think it's been a, uh, this sounds mad, but I think it's been a great blessing yeah. for us. Yeah. yeah. One, of the yeah. Thing, one of the things that really touched me, mm. sorry, one of the things that really touched me was, you know, as parents, like we, you take your children to church every Sunday, you know, you instill it. But what I realized with COVID was church came to my kids. You know, yeah. there was many days the door was knocked here and I'd open the door. And like one day somebody sent us coal for the fire, you know, just silly things like this, just little things. 
but my kids would be sending, oh my gosh, that's so lovely. That's so thoughtful. They'd be writing cards and thank you. So, and I remember just thinking about that. I thought, you know, I've taken my children to church for many, many years, but now church is coming to my kids. Mm. And I think that's, we wanted to bring church home. And that's really that's, what really yeah. has. It's kept us very strong. Mm. And we've even done things overseas that are connected to our missions. One lady was sick. We sent her flowers and just things like that constantly to keep the whole yeah, the loop, keep going. The loop going and, and reaching out. It, it really, I have to be honest, it has really changed us for the better, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting. We noticed the same thing here with, um, you know, just that shift in away from Sunday. We realized, mm. I guess, how, and we've talked about it to the church, is how Sunday-centric we were. And we talk about not being that, but actually when we step back from it we were and so all the good things like I I think we no one had wished for us to go through what we've gone through and going through Um, but you know it's that scripture hey that God works all things together for good and and just it's an I think a new season for the church hey Mm, absolutely and an activation in people I loved what you said that you know your outreach of kindness has become contagious and now your church has picked up on that um, yeah. And I think that's been one of the really beautiful things of this season is to see people activated to see people and think of others and show empathy, love and care um, to others. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's, what really struck me was we did care packages for one of the hospitals, you know, for all the nurses. Okay. And one nurse ran after Boaz that, you know, he, he's in our church leadership and he works in the hospital. And one girl ran after him and says, we've never received anything from the church mm. ever. Yeah. And I really struck a chord and I thought, yeah. what are we doing as a yeah. church? <laughs> it hurt a bit. It was like, oh. Okay. And she was so happy to get it. But she, she said that. She said, oh, we've yeah. never received anything from a church ever. Mm. And so we realized even at that point, what are we doing as a church mm. to try and help our community? Mm. And I think what we've lost over the last number of years, church-wise, is we've concentrated inwardly, not outwardly. Yeah. And I think we've realized it's an outward focus. Jesus was always about mm. outward looking and reaching out. Mm. And the funny thing with Jesus was he never really went to the temple. He never really went to the synagogue. <laughs> he was always among the people and reaching yeah. out, either feeding them or healing them or setting them free. Mm. And I think for us, we've really realized that, you know, funny, the word church means ecclesia in Greek, which means a gathering of people together. That's mm. what it actually means. Yeah. And actually, it's not even a, a biblical term. It's an actual political term. And so we realized that wherever you are, this is what I said to Boaz, he walks in hospitals. So we started a prayer meeting in one of the hospitals. So I said, that that's where the church is. Yeah. You know, going to church on Sunday is just to come and worship. Mm. But actually, you are representing the church in, in, in the hospital. So there's about six of them now every morning meet together and pray for the hospital. Mm. And so we have sort of really emphasized that that's where the church is. You are the church today. You're operating as the church in there, the kingdom of God. Mm. And so it's it's been amazing, really. It's really been like, nice. like you were saying, it's all the things that you know, you know, and that you, you speak about over the years, but you don't realize how comfortable you become. Yeah. You know, or how, I don't know, you just, you just get into a system and it becomes very normal. And I think for me, and, and I know I've heard the kids even say, there's been a lot of blessings with COVID. Yeah. And I know it's been very challenging and very people challenging. have suffered and, and we've had our own heartaches in it. But there has been a lot of blessings mm. and, you know, those blessings far outweigh the difficulties, you know, because you just see the hand of God in it. And I think it's shaken us all up. And um, I was reading the other day at, at Easter about, you know, when Jesus died and the earth shook and when he rose, the earth shook. And I began to say, Lord, you know, every time the earth is shaken, you're doing something. 
So COVID has been another big earth shaking moment. And I believe God is really doing something. And I think another thing to say is this, that the Zoom, the whole area with Zoom Mm. has been great because some people that wouldn't would find it hard physically to walk into a church building. Yeah, we've seen are finding it easier to come onto onto this platform. Mm. And I've said constantly to people, people are saying the church is closed. I say, no, the building's closed. Yeah. The church ain't closed. The building is closed. Yeah. We, we just literally move platforms. And so we've seen people that would never go to a church building come onto Zoom yeah, and start being part of, of our church. So it, that's that that's another element that has mm. really really been very successful and. Mm. Um, we won't alter that or change that either, will we? No. No. Yeah, it's great. Um, Pat, you touched on it before, but you guys are involved in some missions into India and organisation there. How's that? Um, can you just share a little bit of that, but also how have you been able to continue what you're doing there? Well, the funny thing, the thing, sorry, <laughs> the funny thing about our work, our missions work, our missions work has exploded this year. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I worked that one out, right? <laughs> Even financially. Yeah, we have raised more money, and we haven't done anything to raise it. We've done a few things. We've done a few things, right? But uh, our mission mission work is going absolutely amazing. Uh, We're building houses at the moment in uh, with people with leprosy. So it's a place called Shantigram. So all the buildings have fallen apart for a number of years, and we decided to start building them. And at present, we're building about six, seven houses there, and we've refurbished Mm -hmm. all the rest of them. We raised the money for that. And then, do you want to talk about that? Or do you want- well, Shantigar, the funny thing about COVID is that was our biggest project we've ever taken on. And we knew before we got into it that this was a big financial commitment that we probably, you know, were going to be working on for a number of years. And then COVID hit. So fundraising, you know, everything goes out the window. But miraculously, it just shows how God is in everything. Isn't it? And he's just got it all. He's just got all the box ticked. You know, it's all fine. And we've just, but again, it's been lovely because that's played into the community spirit of the church. We were able to do a virtual marathon. Our ladies did a virtual 10K marathon. You know, we had one, one of our girls did a sponsored weight loss because she was locked up at home in an apartment on her own. And she did, she raised 5,000 euros from her front room from her front room so when you say we didn't do it some people did but so even that sort of fed into you know and I think that really again she was sort of saying how COVID had made her realize what it's like to be isolated and these people with leprosy and it, it sort of brought it all home to her so um yeah so Shanti Gramam is yeah. really we, we've raised all the money we're delighted that that's all running and we're running on to the next thing which is amazing well we have a new project coming online it's going to be a rescue set yeah. for girls who are being trafficked yeah. And uh, so that's been always my heart anyway. But about a year ago, I was asked, would we be interested in doing it? At that point, we didn't have the funding for yeah. it. So our New Year award was released during the time of lockdown, right? That was our prophetic <laughs> award. And uh, surely Ryan said, why don't we do something releasing girls? And so I rang the guy that posted me before. And so we've raised, well, I think, 98% of the money to set up the rescue home. Mm-hmm. And amazing what's happened is we're probably going to send our first missionary into India. Mm. to the David Ware Trust this year yeah. and uh, it, it just seems to be getting bigger and bigger and then we've been approached recently about setting up an orthopedic rehabilitation centre in, in India and mm. uh, donor came to us and said we, we'll fund the whole thing so our mission work is is just mm. I, can't even, I can't even explain it's just amazing yeah, it's been a hard year because we've been dying to get down yeah, and see the people especially the people with leprosy that we connected there because we know the contact means more to them than anything that we do but we've had a few a few calls to them, a few video calls, broken video calls, but we've had a few video yeah, calls. Yeah, and a few times we set up lunch for them. We ordered yeah, we lunch ordered from a restaurant. 
Yeah. Through here, through there to them. <laughs> so uh, again, being creative, trying to just keep it, keep it going, keeping that connection. So when the dinner arrives, you know it's from us. <laughs> yeah, and we've done a few other things with missions. We helped the Philippines. We helped. Yeah. We did a thing in Africa as well. So we're trying to develop that even more for people. You know. So yeah, it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Missions have been amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. Hey, um, let's talk Europe just for a, um, a moment. You know, we see things on the news here and um, obviously you guys are there and you're both prophetic. What, mm. what do you see, um, what does the landscape of Europe look like moving forward? What's the, the gospel penetration look like? What is it, uh, you know, like uh, what's the next season, I guess, of the church? And I know there's a whole bunch of questions there, but what do you guys see yeah. um, God's doing in that region of the world? Go go first? Okay. <laughs> I think prophetically, I think it's two-sided. Yeah, this is what I think. I think this is the time for God to really do something. Mm. All right, this is what it's I feel. There's an openness there. I think it's a window of opportunity. Mm. But what I've seen here in Dublin a lot is that a lot of the ministers and churches are so wrapped up in getting their building open mm. that they're missing the opportunity. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I think it's an opportunity where the church, you know, Sean preached the message a while ago, but the book of Acts said, the moment Pentecost came, they ran onto the streets. Yeah. They were among the people. They didn't look for a venue. <laughs> and I think <laughs> they went on the streets. Right across <laughs> Europe. That's true. <laughs> right, right across Europe. I've been on it. I'm on a board there with a couple of ministers. And the, 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 the thought is this, that, a lot of church people, a lot of leaders are realizing that we've been doing church wrong. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are, are thinking, well, what do we do? Because we th- this way hasn't really worked. Mm. So I think prophetically, I think this is the time, an incredible time of opportunity for the church mm. to stop focusing on the buildings and all that and get, it, get in among the people mm. and reach them. In, in creative ways. I don't mm. think the old way won't work preaching to them mm. and all that stuff. <laughs> I think we've got to be creative as, as, mm. as people of God. We've got to be creative. I think I think Europe is wide open. I think it's wide open yeah, there. It's been really blown open. It's been literally blown open. Mm-hmm. You know, I know the Apostolic Church in Italy, they're growing fast. Yeah. I know they've had, I think, over 150 baptisms in the last two months. Amazing. I mean, God is doing something in Italy really mm. profound. But there's other countries like France which are stuck and, so I think here, especially, I think this is really a season right across Europe, prophetically, where God could really do something if we take the opportunity. Yeah. That's mm. what I feel. Mm. I, I think it's going to come and it's going to go. But mm. I think this is a time a where we can, we can yeah. reach out. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. Because I think, you know, like I said earlier, that's what I, the, the witness in my heart is there's been a shaking. And I think sometimes we come, we, we live in these little ivory towers and think that everything is so secure and we have everything so sewn up. And one thing COVID has done is it's shaken that. And I think that's probably quite a good thing, even though it's been quite a shocking thing. And particularly for Europe, because, you know, what we've experienced in the last year, it doesn't happen to people like us. You know, the attitude is that can happen in third world countries. You know, we see tsunamis, we see these awful devastation, but we don't, we don't realize things no. like this can happen here. And I think that's been quite shocking for people. And I think what I've, what I've witnessed is a lot of people reevaluating life, um, quality of life, religion, you know, everything that they're, they're very, people are searching and people are, looking and watching you know the number of times I've had a neighbor going out for a walk who said what are you doing because we're loading up the car with gift bags for the nurses or something like that and you know you just get this opportunity and you can see people are a little bit more open I think and I think Pat's right um in terms of moving forward for the church it's time to reevaluate our position in society and 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 you know in in terms of the living gospel 
Yeah. You know, I think we, we have to look at the living gospel. And I know in this country, the church has stood for a lot of things that people really don't approve of and don't want anything to do mm. with. But I think now we have this opportunity because people are very much, um, I wouldn't say insecure, but, you know, they're aware that things could change very quickly. It's created this awareness in them. Like I got the opportunity to pray with a guy, an Irish guy that lives in Saudi Arabia, has cancer. Yeah. Right? Catholic guy, friend of Maraid, and was praying with him on Zoom reaching out to him on Zoom. And, but you'd never get that opportunity yeah, before. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what I mean? So I think there's a, a real obvious. But there is a verse, uh, Trent, that said, there is a verse in Jeremiah 20, chapter 29. It says this, and everyone always goes to, for I know the plans. But when you go back, about six verses, I can't think of the exact verse, it says, God says to the people of Israel, you will be in Babylon for 70 mm. years. Mm. And then he says to them, in that time, get married, buy houses, mm. plant. And then he says this, and bless this city that you're in. Mm. And I think this is a time when the church can bless the cities of Europe mm. by generosity, by reaching out, mm. and by doing things, acts, random acts of kindness, just reaching out, yeah. going into hospitals, reaching out to doors, whatever it may be, being created, but blessing the city. If we start to bless the city, mm. God will bless the mm. city. Mm. But the problem with the church is because we've been so inward focused, COVID has literally squashed us mm. and literally thrown us onto the street and said, listen, this is where I want you to be. Go mm-hmm. in and bless the city, bless yeah. your neighbor, bless your community and bless your country. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think prophetically, that's mm-hmm. where it's all about. Mm-hmm. If we as the church can mobilize ourselves mm-hmm. and start blessing the city, blessing our communities, God will do something. Yeah. And living in our identity, regardless of our circumstances. I yes. think, you know, Pat touched on, you know, there's a lot of pastors here. I don't know about in other parts of the world, but there's a lot of pastors here campaigning to get the churches open, obsessed with getting their buildings open. And, you know, for me, that means we're fixating on the captivity. We're fixating on the fact that we're locked up. You know, for me, you know, Pat shared the word like release for this year. And the first thing that God said to us was captivity is nothing new to the people of God. You know, lockdown is nothing new to the people of God. Pentecost started with a lockdown, really. They were locked up in that room. They were up in that yeah, room right. hiding. So, you know, it's nothing new, but it never, ever was their identity. Mm. Never. They were still the people of God, no matter where you put them, no matter how many locks and bolts you put on the door, they were still the people of God. And I think that's how I see yeah. the church moving forward. I think in re- in truth, I think there will probably be many situations like this in the years to come. I think the world has changed. Yeah. I don't think the world will ever, to some extent, be the same. And I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I think it, it's just changed us. So I think moving forward... We have to live in that identity regardless of our circumstances. And that means being creative. That means, you know, working hard at it. It's hard work sometimes to be who you are in those places. Well, Jesus' ministry was all about reaching people. Mm. Literally, when you read the Gospels, he was in among them. And that was his model. And even with the disciples, that was the model. So I think we have moved from that model Mm. to other models. And I think God has pushing us back to that model Mm -hmm. and saying, you know, you are the church where you work, impact Mm -hmm. your your community, impact your job, Mm -hmm. impact, if you're working in a school, impact the school. So Mm -hmm. I think for us, we've really realized right across Europe that the church can mobilize itself and realize, think bigger than a building Mm -hmm. and realize it's a community, it's a city, it's a nation. Mm -hmm. I think God can really, and really bless the city. I think Europe has had a wake up call. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's again, it's everything that man builds and God can just wipe it out in a second. And I think, you know, men in power and people in power have had a real wake-up call and I think as people living in Europe we've had a wake-up call Mm -hmm. and we've realized you know they think there's this strength in numbers but sometimes that strength's not enough to fight what's coming at you 
So, um, yeah, I think moving forward, people have been, I hope, I hope that they, they can maintain that humility that this is forced upon us, you know, that, yeah. um, that we're in desperate need of God. And I think people have that awareness. They're in need uh, of God. It's exciting days. We, yeah. These are days that we've all prayed for. Yeah. You know, we want revival and revival is on our doors. So we're all been praying, Lord, give us the lost. And we say, go out and get them. You know what I mean? So, you know, so I think this is, that's where we've been pushed in. Amen. I think it's exciting, really. Yeah. Yeah. And a reigniting of the Great Commission that where to go. You know, not to sit in a building or be restricted, but to go and, and find those innovative, creative ways to, to go to the people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and it brings you to life, doesn't it, spiritually? It brings you to life when you reignite that. Sorry, Trent. No, no, that's Zoom, hey, that's what happens. I was just going to say, I love that our hearts are connected because what you're saying is what we've been saying as a church yeah. and where we're at. And yeah. I feel like, you know, even before we had this call that we're family, yeah. and but just reaffirm that. And, um, you know, I think we could speak all morning or, um, uh, you know, all day. But, hey, why don't we just take a moment and pray? Um, we'd love to pray for you, love for you guys to pray um, for us as well as a church and a country. And um, so is that all right if we do that? Sure. Cool. Fantastic. Sarah, do you want to lead us in prayer? Yeah, absolutely. Let's um, join with us today wherever you are. Yeah. Well, Lord, we just want to thank you. God, I thank you for Pat and Sean and the ministry that you've called them to, God, to uh, the impact that their church is having in their community and afar. And Lord, I thank you for the protection that you've put over their church and their people, Lord, despite this challenging um, circumstance that they've been walking over this past 12 months. God, you have been working in the background and bringing things together that may not have happened had this circumstance not been before us. And so, Father, I just pray that you would continue to grant them with innovation, God, that you continue to sustain them. Father, I even pray in this time that you would rise up um, people within their church to understand their call in you, Father, that there would be a reigniting of, of a passion to serve you wholeheartedly. Lord, that there would be salvations that come, that there would be baptisms. Father, there would just be testimony after testimony of what you have done in and through people there in Ireland. And so, Father, I pray where there has been a heaviness, God, that there would be a shifting of season and there would be a season of joy that would come. God, that while there may be sorrow right now, that joy will come in the morning. And I do, I pray that over Ireland. God, I thank you for your work that you were doing there in Ireland, God, that you have never forsaken your people, but you're always there in the midst with them. I pray for wisdom, for guidance, Father, and for open doors um, that will continue to open there in that place. We pray great blessing upon Ireland, God, and everything that you are doing there in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, I thank you for family and friendship, Lord. God, and partnership with the kingdom of God and the Great Commission. Lord, today we declare your blessing over Resound Church yeah. and Sarah and Trent and the boys and the family. And all the families that gather every week in that church, Lord, we pray that you would move powerfully. Mm. Lord, I pray you would you would ignite a passion for the gospel again, mm. ignite a passion for the Great Commission. Jesus. Lord, the word that comes into my spirit is that, Lord, that this church will go where others have not gone Amen. before. Yes, Lord. And that they will go into the into the highways and the byways, Lord, and rescue those those treasures who are hidden in darkness, Lord, that they will rescue many lord from every 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 level of uh, every sphere of society lord that this church will be a church that has a tremendous ev uh, evangelistic mm -hmm. heart and passion lord 
We declare, Lord, over the, over this church today, Lord, that they will become a church that will go where others have never mm-hmm. gone before, right into the city of Melbourne, right across the whole of Melbourne, Lord. This church will begin to penetrate the whole nation, Lord God, yes. that you would use them instrumentally, Lord, to impact that nation, not just the city, but that nation, Lord God. So, Father, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, the blessing of Almighty God upon every ministry, everything that they do, everything that they say, Lord, that you would use them, Lord. And the picture I get is that the walls are no longer there now, and that there's an openness and a freedom, Lord, to go out and to reach out and to touch and to bless. So, Father, I ask you to bless everyone in that church, and especially the leadership team, Lord, Sarah and Trent and Wayne Wayne and Ruth, Lord. Just bless them, Lord. And I pray that they have a passion and a boring desire to see so many people come back to faith, Lord. So many people that don't know you, Lord, would come to know you, Father. So, Father, I pray over the next six to 12 months that the church would triple in size, not with those who know you, Lord, but those who don't know you, Mm -hmm. that have never known you, Lord. That all of a sudden they would know where many would come to faith. So, Father, I pray pray a blessing on them, and I thank you for them. Thank you for their heart. And thank you for their passion, and thank you for their love for you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 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 Well, awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah. We love you guys so much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, hopefully, maybe maybe in the, the year or two to come, we can have you here, and we can some of us can be over there. Um, but we miss you guys. That'd be awesome, We're yeah. looking forward to it. We really are. Brighter days are coming. Yeah. yeah, I believe, you know, I'll be there next year at conference. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Well, thank you guys so much again. Hey, church, uh, wherever you are today, we yeah. hope you've enjoyed our time just hearing from Pat and Shark. Can I encourage you to pray for them? Yeah. Pray for Ireland and yes. the, um, all the people there. And just the, as we've discussed, we want us, us to really walk away going with an understanding that everything's bigger than us. Yeah. You know, there's things going on in the world that are, are bigger than what we see in the natural and in, in our world. So, hey, we hope you have a great week. Speak to you soon. Hey, what a great message. Thanks for joining us here at Resound Church. We pray that you've been encouraged through the message and that you've grown just a little bit closer to God. While you're online, why don't you head over and give us a like on Facebook or Instagram or check out our website at resound.church. You can subscribe to our content on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or head over to our website resound.church forward slash app to grab our app, which will keep you up to date with everything going on. Well, don't forget next week, there'll be another amazing podcast here to listen to from Resound Church. We hope you join us then.